This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Is the work of the ministry. Why are you born again? Why is it that you have the gifts that God has given unto you? It is for, it is for you to understand that you have received Christ into your life so that you can do the work of the ministry. When we talk about the work of the ministry, we're talking about service. Do I hear an amen? Tell your neighbor service. You are not born again. You did not receive Christ into your life to sit down. I need you to tell your neighbor that. You did not receive Christ into your life to sit down. There is a reason why you received Christ. There is an assignment. You don't just receive, do you? You receive something you think you're supposed to just put it in your pocket. You don't receive something and just put it in your back pocket and sit on it. For as many of us that are believers, we believe so that others can believe. Do I hear an amen? We believe so that others may believe. So it is important for us to understand that the reason why we are born again, that we have received Christ, is to do the work of the ministry. Not to sit down. Tell anybody it's not to sit down. Ask your neighbor, are you sitting down? Praise God. The ministry, when we talk about the work of the ministry, you are talking about service. If you are not serving in one capacity or the other, there is a problem. Let that sink in. The purpose of you being born again. Yes, so that you don't go to hell. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You ain't going to hell. Glory to God. You're born again. Hallelujah. Okay. There is, there is a superior reason for why you have received Christ. Why you are a believer is to make other people a believer. We're going to be looking at the scriptures this morning to look at what is the purpose of you being a believer. Is there a reason to it? Are we just supposed to be like, oh, we're believers. We're believers, believers, believers in the house. No, it is for, it is to serve. Hallelujah. It is to serve. You, if you, if somebody says, oh, I am a Christian, and they ask you, in what capacity do you serve? And you begin to say, um, um, actually, 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 um, well, well, I do go to church. The purpose, and I want to say it again, of you being a believer is to serve, is to serve and to ensure that this God is in your serving, that the gospel is being pushed. Hallelujah. We're going to look very quickly at Acts chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. Acts, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let's start from the very beginning. Let's look at Luke 24, 47. Luke 24, 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Praise God. Pause there for just a second. You received Christ. You became a believer. Now, there is something that you should do. And one of the things is that you need to speak. Hallelujah. 
You can't just like now you're born again and you're in your house and you do not share this good news with anybody else. You're taking and isolating the good news to yourself alone. But the scriptures is very clear here that the reason why you are even born again and you become a believer is that Christ has given you an assignment and that is to preach. Do I hear an amen? It says, and the repentance and remission of sin should be what? Preached. Should be what? Preached. Preached in his name among all nations. Continue reading. Beginning at Jerusalem. Amen. Mark 1 verse 6. Mark 1 verse 6. And John was clothed with camels, uh -huh. with camel's hair and with a girdle of his skin about his lions. And he did eat locust and wild honey. Mm-hmm. Read the second verse, please. Verse 9. I mean, verse uh, 7. And preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I and after me. And preached. Your assignment in the work of the ministry is to open forth your mouth, is to preach, is to say something to somebody who does not have what you have. Do I hear an amen? Our assignment is the work of the ministry. You're not, the work of the ministry is not limited to certain individuals. You can call me a preacher, if you like, because I'm standing on this pulpit. But you that you're sitting down listening to me, you are just as much as of a preacher. Do I hear an amen? Your assignment is to do the work of the ministry. Do I hear an amen? And to do the work of the ministry, one of the most important thing is to speak, preach. Everybody thinks that preaching is just holding this thing. It says, and preached. He wore all of those things. He took his to another level, locusts and, you know, all the stuff he wore. And preached, saying, yes, continue, Grace. There cometh one mightier than I after me. Uh-huh. The latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. Okay, stop there. Go to um, Acts 1, verse 8. Acts 1, verse 8. For ye shall receive power. You shall receive power. No, you're receiving the power just to chill. Pastor Joyce is full of power. I'm chilling. I'm chilling in the Bahamas every week. Glory to God. The whole purpose of you receiving power, it's not just talking about Pastor Joyce. That Teju receives power. The power is for what? Do you think that your power is just to sit down and look cute? Your power is to put on your lipstick. Or your power is to chew the gum that you're chewing right now. If you're only going to parties and you're only chilling and you're looking for the next gig to go to, the next party, the next place where you're going to shake what your mama gave you and all of that, all of that is extracurricular activity. Say to your neighbor, extracurricular activity. The most important thing that you have to do besides your job, me, my job is taking care of patients. There's a job, there's a work, I should say, that is superior to that. Hallelujah. My whole existence wraps around the work of the ministry. I'm not talking about myself as a preacher that you know that I'm standing up here. Your whole existence as a born again child of God 
revolves around the work of the ministry. If you didn't know it before, know it today. If you're sitting on your behind, there is a problem. You are not fulfilling the great commission. And we're going to look uh, at that a little bit further. But it says, but ye shall receive power. Please continue reading. After that, the Holy Ghost is come After upon you. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And uh, ye shall be witnesses unto me. You shall be witnesses. Go tell it on the mountain. Go tell it in the valley. You shall receive power to do what? Speak. You shall receive power to serve. Not to just be cute. Like you're just cute. You can be cute, but you got to be cute. You can't be cute for nothing. Glory to God. Do I hear all the women say amen? amen. Be cute. But be cute for something. Be cute for a purpose. Be cute going somewhere. Don't just be cute looking for the next place to shake what your mama gave you. Praise God. I was speaking to someone and I was telling them that, look, if you're not growing, it's because you're not focused on the great assignment. Because if you understand the assignment and you know that the assignment is based on speaking and witnessing and opening forth your mouth. Do you want to open your mouth and, 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 and be embarrassed? The Bible says you should study to show yourself approved. Hallelujah. Study so that you will not be ashamed. Hallelujah. So if you know that you received power and the Holy Ghost is upon you and that your purpose when the fact that you receive this power is to be a witness. How can you witness to something you did not see? How can you witness to something that you did not experience? How can you witness to something that you have not studied? Amen. You'll be surprised how many of us, the only time we open this good book is on a Sunday. That's why when you see somebody at the store who is clearly in need of spiritual intervention, you're not confident. The reason why you're not confident is because you have not studied to show yourself approved. A workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Hallelujah. You need to know the word of God to be able to witness about him. Do I hear an amen? It says you shall receive power. I'm not talking about Pastor Joyce and I'm not just talking about Pastor Cole and, and Pastor and Mrs. Cole. We are talking about every believer that has received Christ. Do I hear an amen? We all have received power after the Holy Ghost came and we are supposed to be witnesses unto him. Hallelujah. Both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto all the uttermost part of the earth. Do I hear a amen? Amen. Now let's look at, let's look at, what was that? Acts 1 8. Let's look at Acts 3 19. What should you be preaching? What should you be saying? Acts 3 19. Repent ye therefore mm -hmm. and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when Re the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. You need to understand that. You need to preach Christ to people so that they can come out of that place where they're in. Amen. And in order to do that, you must know that this is your purpose. 
Do I hear amen? As a child of God, I don't know about anybody else, but as a believer, as a believer, our assignment is to witness on what happened to you. Why did you receive Christ? For a lot of individuals who come from another background, that you didn't, your, your, your family was not, was not a Christian. How? I would love to see some of those individuals. How did you go? Let's use Islam as an example. How did you come from a Muslim home, a, a, a house that was, that they, 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 you know, Islam was their religion. How did you come out to be a Christian? What is your testimony? Praise God. It is very important for us to understand that we need to give what we got. Say that to your neighbor. Give what you got. Say it is important that you give what you got. Say it again to your neighbor. Let's look at Acts chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. Acts chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple. Pause there for just a second. We need to understand where they're coming from. So this is not too long after Pentecost. That they experienced, you know, the Pentecost in the upper room and all of that great stuff. Immediately they experienced that they were going. Continue reading. Peter and, Peter and John. John went up together mm -hmm. into the temple. They were going to the temple. At the hour of prayer. Uh-huh. Being the ninth hour. Right. And the certain man lame from his mother's womb was mm -hmm. carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which okay. is called Beautiful. Uh-huh. To act arms of them that entered into the temple. Okay. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, act at arms. Continue reading. Verse 3, please put verse, three, uh, verse 4. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. Mm -hmm. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Right. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I known. Pause there for a second. We're going to continue reading. It's nice to be generous to people. It's nice to give people when they're in need. But you must understand that there's something that you possess and that you have that is superior than giving monetary things. And until you realize that you carry something, you're not going to be able to give what you carry. And what they gave this man that you're about to, we're about to read together, if they had given him what he thought he needed, which was change. How many days can a change go? Change. You give him change today, tomorrow. He would have, uh, you give him change today, he would have used that change to get some sardines and some bread and he would have eaten that bread and the next day he will be right there asking for the same arms but something incredible happened after Pentecost they just experienced Pentecost Peter understood that he is carrying he is loaded tell your neighbor I am loaded the Bible says that he what you have been in you have Power has been bestowed on you and you want to give somebody that, you know, you, a, a single mother comes to you in need and you write her a check of $500 that by the time she finishes one month, that $500 is finished. But look at what Peter, that understands that he was carrying something. He says, he says, 
Silver, continue. Silver. Silver and gold have I none. Silver and gold I have none. But such as I have, give such I thee. that I have, I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. Now, something magnificent has happened. This individual does not need to sit at the doorsteps of the church anymore asking, being a beggar. Let's keep it. Let's ask him for arms. What's that? Being a beggar. Because now his hand, um, his leg is straightened and he can go and get him a job. He can go and also do likewise. That let me tell you what my testimony is. I used to beg because I was paralyzed and could not walk. But now I can stand. And the one that did it, remember, look what they said. In the name, not in their name. Peter was not trying to take the glory here. In the name of who? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. That's his testimony. So when he goes to help somebody else and he wants to tell about what happened to him, he's going to do likewise by saying, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Or rise up and do whatever it is that he wants to pass on. Your assignment is to give what you got. Say that to your neighbor again. Give what you got. Amen. Say it again to your other neighbor. Say, give what you got. Amen. Amen. It is called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. We have been commissioned. It's not a choice. It is a command. That you're sitting down in church, you do absolutely nothing. The way you would know a believer is they understand the reason for their existence. The reason for your existence is not to make money. The reason for your existence as a child of God is not to get the education that you're after. The reason for your existence is not to marry and have children. Those things are great and you should accomplish them. But you need to understand the reason for your existence. A lot of individuals go through life and do all of those things that I say and still feel unfulfilled. Because there is a greater calling on the inside of you. And the more you sit down, you will feel unfulfilled. You need to answer the call, it is called the Great Commission. Answer it, walk in it, and you will see that you cannot have a moment where you feel unfulfilled. How can Peter not go home, pastor, feeling good? If he gave him alms, the next day he will get there and see that man there. And if he, do it, if he does it four times, he's going to get you, you, you starting to get on my last nerve. Is there no other synagogue that you can go and beg at? It gets irritable. You're not fulfilled. You can give somebody cash. It can never make you feel fulfilled. As fulfilled as giving them something greater. Can you imagine how Peter went home that day, pastor, knowing that in the name of Jesus that he served, he told a man, get up and walk. He exercised his faith and the call, the command that's on the inside of him, he said in the name of Jesus that I 
say no. Rise up and walk. He felt good. He felt fulfilled. If you're looking for fulfillment and you're sitting down in church doing absolutely nothing. You're not really living. You're not really living. If you're not doing anything and you call yourself a believer, you need to understand that the purpose of you believing is to serve the Great Commission. There are several ways in which you can serve. We can talk about that another time. But you need to understand that in order for you to be able to say, I am a child of God, you have to make other people children of God. You need to witness. And people thinking, well, you know, I need to finish. Let me finish. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, let me finish um, ministry school. Let me go, let me, thank you, pastor. Let me finish seminary, you know, because I need to know. No, you don't need to finish seminary. We're going to look at the example. Everybody thinks you need to be a pastor and you need to have been studying the Bible for 15 years before you can share um, the, uh, share the gospel with someone. But there is a perfect example of an individual here that we're going to read in in. Acts chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. Acts chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. Let's read it real quick. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertians, sorry, and, oh goodness, Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and of them of Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirits by which he spake. Okay, now we need to understand that Stephen, you know the full story of Stephen. If you don't know, Stephen was just, he wasn't a pastor. Stephen was not an apostle. Stephen was a Christian. Stephen received Christ. He was a regular Christian. And the Bible says that Stephen would go and he would preach mightily. He understood that when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he received power. A lot of people don't realize. You don't realize, some of you, that you are carrying power. See, to cast out demons, it's not you don't go to seminary school and have another special anointing to cast out demons. It is a... It is part of being a child of God. You are supposed to cast out demons. Do I hear an amen? amen? You are supposed to cast out demons. Casting out demons is not something that is superior or segregated for some individuals like upper class that climbs these first two steps to get up here. It is your responsibility to cast out demons. It is your responsibility to understand that you have power. And that power is supposed to allow you to do the work. It's not anything, you're not special because you can cast out demons. That you see people, you know, prophets, man of God, go deeper. And they're flinging and the demons are flying. Flinging and the demons are flying. You better fling your own. Tell your neighbor, fling your own. You do not need another special requirement to cast out demons. It is your right as a believer. Once you believe and you receive Christ, you are endowed.
endowed with power to cast out demons. Do I hear an amen? Stephen did it. He understood and he used it. It's when you don't know what you have that you do not know how to use it. It's when you don't believe that you are in, you are, you have been, power has been placed upon you that you feel like, oh, well, I've been having bad dreams and uh, things are moving in my house. So let me go and call pastor to come and do an exorcist. <laughs> you know, there was a time a long time ago where I would be in this church three days with individuals casting out devils. And then I realized, you know what? There's a whole lot more. That's just, that's a basic, that's, that's the, that's entry level. There's a whole lot more I need to be doing than sitting up here three days with individuals, praying with them every three hours. Then they go and sleep. I go and rest too. And then we come together over here and we pray every three hours and I'm casting out devils and I'm doing all of these things. I have to start empowering people that if you're seeing things moving in your house, moving in your head, moving in your stomach, moving in your children, lift up your voice and say in the name of Jesus Christ that I serve, I command this demonic presence to get out in the name of Jesus. I'm not coming to do it anymore. Praise God. Because it's time for you. Tell your neighbor, it's time for you. To exercise your right as a believer. It didn't say that you should call the elders to cast out demons. You have the power and the authority in your mouth to speak to demons and they tremble. Try it. Go find demons. This, your assignment this week, find demons. <laughs> Go looking for them. Find demons. Pastor's like, oh Lord, Pastor Joe said we should go and find demons. And if they, you know, they clip, if they clip that aspect and put it on social media, see, see what they're teaching. Redeem. Let's send it to Daddy Gio. They are telling redeem members, go and find demons. <laughs> hey, and then I'll be the, uh, the pastor lady with red hair telling members, find demons. Glory to God. Jesus Christ sent them out two by two. Go and do the work. What is the work? He says that you will cast out demons and they will respond. Demons will tremble when you stand before them. So how are you going to practice? How are the demons? You need to practice talking to demons and telling them get out. You have to find demons. Go and find demons and practice saying, in the name of Jesus Christ that I serve, in the name of Jesus Christ that, that died for me, I command every demonic operation in this house, in this place, in this situation. It might be your job. Oh, I'm sure there's a whole lot of demons. Some of y'all, oh Lord, there's a whole lot of demons where you work. <laughs> a whole lot so you don't have to walk that far I said go out this week go look for demons you don't have to shout you know you don't have to do all the demonstration all the drama in the in the name man of God no 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 sis come 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 on your job you just you know you know you know she's possessed uh -uh. me I'm a nurse I'm no a nurse you know that that nurse at your job, she is not something, something wrong with her. 
she is possessed. So you don't have to do the drama. When I say look for demons and practice, so you're standing next to her, you're getting a report. For those of you that are nurses, if it's another place, wherever, you know, ah, uh-uh, something is inside this girl. It's not normal. Praise God. You just stand next to her. You're saying, as you're standing next to her, you're saying, in the name of Jesus, inside of you, I command every, the next, and then maybe you can say, if my if I, my body touches yours, every demonic power, because there is a power that is superior on the inside of me. The Bible says that greater is he that is on the inside of me than that that is in the world. Whatever operation, not you, my baby, it's going to be that person that you speak. I'm using as an example of that person. Say, whatever power, it might be a professor in school. <laughs> whatever power that is operating in that when I get there and I say professor every demon must come out of him to give me that A glory to God (laughs) every demon (laughs) that's making him want to give me a 50 (laughs) in the name of Jesus I'm just kidding y'all but you understand what I'm saying it doesn't have to be dramatic that you're saying it out loud. Jesus Christ never. That was another thing. Back when I was elementary days, when I used to cast out demons, I remember my very first demon that I cast it out. Actually, it wasn't my first one, but the one that was very dramatic. It was Tuesday Bible study, you know. Pastor knows, <laughs> I'm the, ah, let's fight the demons. I wanna, I'm, I'm always looking for demons to try to fight and get out because I want to practice. So, Pastor, you want to fight demons? By demons. So there's this young lady, very tiny young lady. I can't remember. Maybe about Victoria's size. Victoria's, you know, frame. Very small, you know, petite lady. She comes in and she went through Bible study with us. After Bible study, one of my daughters says, oh, my friend from UTSA, she wants to speak with you. So I take her. Then I used to have just a little cubicle. We didn't have a covering or anything. It was a very small place on Jackwood Drive. And I, went, I took her into the little cubicle, and I, we were praying, and I was talking to her, like, so what's happening, whatever. And she said, well, she was abused as a child. She was raped and all of this, and, you know, it's caused her over the years to be depressed and all of that. Just talking normal. So I was like, let's pray. So as soon as I laid hands on her chest like this, she fell on the floor and started to manifest. Now, when I talk about, I said, as petite as Victoria, all of a sudden there was a, a, a voice of a man that with a baritone voice that was coming out of this small shaped little girl. I said, in the name of Jesus, come out. And it says, no, come out. No, she's mine. Grace, go on, go, Pastor. Go on, go, Pastor. Go on, go, Pastor. This one is not by myself. I've been looking for demon. I have finally found this demon. I can't do this by myself. I need backup. Did Pastor back me? Pastor, I'm looking for demon. I'm going home. Bye bye. Uh, Tuesday Bible study. No, I think when they went to get pastor, pastor was already out of the building. Pastor ain't looking for no demon. Praise God. Pastor finished Bible study. He said, oh, you're counseling somebody? Oh, okay, I'll see you later. I'm going home. We have two cars. I'll meet you home because he knows. Some ladies want to counsel with me. I'm in church longer. I looked for backup. There's no backup anywhere. I think when I was casting out that demon, I was more saying, Lord, Cover me so that this demon don't come. Me. 
then for me to say the things to come out of her, I, I have to be honest, I was scared. Like, hey! And little girl, no, she's mine. I was casting this thing. I was the whole point of me saying all that is in the olden days when I was a little baby in Christ, I didn't know, I didn't understand the fullness of the power, the fullness of the authority. So I would wrestle with demons. That was the whole purpose. Wrestling. Come out. No, I'm not coming out. Come out. No, I'm not coming out. Come out. No, I'm not coming out. There was another time in Nigeria. I went to minister somewhere in Nigeria. And, you know, I didn't think that demons can follow people to America. In Nigeria, you know, if you want to see demons, ah, go to Nigeria. So a banker wanted to see me after service. I ministered. A banker wanted to see me. Very well put together lady. She was a bank manager. She came, in fact, it was in Grace's church in Nigeria. I went to minister there. All of a sudden, she, I was praying for her. The moment I said, maybe I should stop. You know what? I, I don't know. Anybody know about when I say I want to hit? I feel like I feel like hitting somebody so that they can be healed. I haven't tried it in America. If I'm gonna try it, I'll try Nigeria. Anyway, so I took my hand. I lay it upon her chest. She falls to the ground. All of a sudden, python, not physically python. She was moving like a path, python, like a snake, a huge python. And so as she was moving like that. As I was praying for her, she became paralyzed. Like her hand, she, she had like a stroke on the floor. I said, at least I'm not in America. Because somebody would have sued me at, not at this point. So all of a sudden, we just, I just kept praying. I had to call the pastor. I'm like, how did you leave me in this room by myself? At least if you want me to see people after service, you will be around. So I said, go and get all your prayer warriors. All of you guys get in here. Let's cast out, let's cast out this demon. And here we are in the name of Jesus. All of a sudden, she stopped moving like a python. She was still paralyzed on the floor. She's like, I can't move my hand. I said, we got to continue praying. We prayed and prayed and prayed. Eventually, she came out of it. Everything was fine. The demon left her. We were speaking to the demon, all of that, calling all kinds of demons. It went out. What am I saying? In those days, I didn't realize yet the power. So I'm, I'm giving those examples to make you understand that we, you, you're struggling with demons. You don't have to go through all of that struggling. If you believe that you, are, you carry power, you don't have to do all of the demonstration of the whatever. And if, if somebody, let's say there is a, some sort of a demon that is uh, like an ailment that is upon an individual and you're praying for them, at least if you're at work, you weren't, vo you know, you didn't raise your voice. You're not the one shouting for them to fall on the floor. I'm just saying just in case they fall on the floor and have a stroke like that one. You, huh? can, can we get the, the crash cart in here? We don't know what happened. At least blame it on the crash cart and start crash carting there because you prayed. You were the one praying under your breath, praying in the Holy Ghost. And this person fell under the anointing and they're going to think maybe she's having a stroke or whatever. But you know. But what am I saying to you this morning? I'm saying to you that you have received power. You don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be the pastor. You can have the the grace upon you to be able to speak to demons and the demons respond to you. Do I hear an amen? So it is important that we understand that we can speak to demons and demons will obey us. Hallelujah. Let's look very quickly at Acts chapter number 8 verse 5. Acts 8 5. 
Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria uh -huh. and preached Christ unto them. Uh -huh. Philip went into the into where? Went down to the city of Samaria. He went down to the city of Samaria and preached what? Christ. It is important for us to understand that when you open your mouth to people, you're preaching Christ. Amen. You know, when I used to teach the young adults, I, I, I was telling them that evangelism is very important. And if you go to someone's house and you knock on the door and you say you're going to hell, I said, if it was me too, I'm going to shut the door in your face. The first thing you want to tell me is I'm going to hell. How about you give me some good news first? That Jesus died. Hallelujah. So that I don't have to die. How about you give them a good news? How about somebody is going through. They don't know how to pay their rent. They're having all manners of stuff. Their husband is gone. Their child is acting up. You open the door. You're going to hell if you don't repent. That's not a way. If you're going to be sharing the gospel like that, you're not going to have much of uh, progress. You need to make sure you are preaching Christ and that you understand that the word of the Lord is good news. The gospel, the meaning of gospel is good news. Present the good news first at least. Glory to God. Let them know that Jesus, do you know? Praise the Lord, ma'am. Can I just tell you, do you know that there is a man who died for you? Who took your place? I don't know what you're going through right now. That's part of the work. That is what? Part of the work. If you are a Christian, you're just there and you're not doing anything. You're not answering the great commission. And you are not doing the work of the ministry. Let's look very quickly at Acts 19 verse 1. And it came to pass uh -huh. that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Disciples, disciples really mean students. Disciple, you're somebody's student. You're, you're, you are somebody's disciple. If you're following someone and you're there teaching you, you are their disciple. It literally means student. Amen. So it is very important that we understand that we need to be students of the Bible. Amen. When we come to church, we're not coming to church for entertainment. We're coming to church to learn. You are a student being here. It's like going to any other school. You are here to learn the word of God. And you should take it literally as a student that is learning. You are a student of the Bible. And in order for you to understand your purpose, which is to go out and do the work of the ministry or do the work of the ministry in your local assembly, you need to know the word of God. When in the olden days, when I used to when I used to train the ushers, you think, well, well, you know, all you need to do is smile. You're smiling, you know. That's it, you know. Hey, well, welcome. Well, there could be somebody at the door during service that is out there, and they fall, and they begin to manifest all kinds of stuff happening. The ushers, if they're not sound, and they don't know the word of God, and they don't know that they have been blessed with power, they're gonna be wondering, what, what, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I was doing a training one particular day for the ushers, and I was telling them, like, look, you need to be prayed up, especially when I'm laying hands on people and things are, you know, coming out of people. As I was ministering, I was saying all of that during the, min during the training. I went like this, and one of the girls flew into the wall, and she literally made an indentation. Pastor, do you remember that? 
She made an indentation. She flew into the wall. And I'm like, this is exactly what I'm trying to say. There is no ministry. There is no place where you will be that you will not be exposed to what is happening on the inside, uh, that what is happening on the outside. So you, your assignment is to make sure that you understand the word of God. It is through understanding the word of God that you will know that you are endowed with power. Amen. That these things should not make you afraid or you're looking for somebody who you feel is more spiritual than you that can cast this thing or handle this situation. You should be able to handle the situation right there and then because you do not need any other requirements to do these things except to be a child of God, a believer. Do I hear an amen? We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.